together. Thank you, fellas. All right. Well, we have a treat tonight. Uh, a few weeks ago, how many was um, here when I taught on jealousy? Y'all remember that? Well, that week I actually called um, Tiffany, and I just felt that this is a season to where I'm going to start pulling down some of the giftings in this house. And uh, a lot of you know uh, my wife teaches and Pastor Tim and, uh, you know, others in the house that have a, a true gift. But I'm going to start pulling down other gifts as well in this season. And uh, so I had asked Tiffany to prepare a word a few weeks ago. And so tonight is that night. And so what I want you to do is prepare your hearts for her as she comes. Where's she at? Oh, there she is. Amen. And if we can't, just make her feel welcome. And let's open our hearts and receive her. Amen. church so I know you guys are used to me being up here giving the announcements but tonight I'm gonna flow in a uh, different vein last week's service was amazing wasn't it there was a lot of uh, breakthrough that happened but the thing that I found out about breakthrough is that breakthrough is both an exit and an entrance and a lot of times when we experience breakthrough in our lives, we don't expect <laughs> what comes next because of everything that we had given up before. And so tonight, I want to talk about endurance. I want to talk about endurance because the thing about endurance is that endurance is one of those middle-of-the-road components. And you've come too far to give up and now you have a decision to make am I going to be stagnant or is everything that I've done up until now worthy enough of me continuing forward and so once you've already given energy to a thing that's when endurance intensifies in your life and the thing that I found while I was studying about endurance because it's so funny uh, Mama Portia actually spoke to the ladies at Girl Talk about endurance, and as she was teaching, I'm just, my mind is just going crazy, and I looked it up, and one of the definitions was a lasting quality, and most people think that endurance is necessary for a season when it's actually necessary for a lifetime. Endurance is not something to get you through right now. It is literally a characteristic or a quality that helps you to grow up into the fullness of all that God has for you. And so, Father, tonight, I thank you for your spirit that is already very present in this place. I pray that we will open up our hearts to hear your word, that those of us have, who have just exited out of something because of the breakthrough that we've experienced. Thank you for the endurance that we need because of our entrance into our next place. We surrender our hearts, we surrender our minds, and we say, do what you want to do tonight. You are able, you are worthy, there's nobody like you. Only you can come in and literally change our plans and it be better than everything that we thought. <laughs> that we want it to happen in our lives. And so we thank you for what it is that you're going to do tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And so again, you guys, it was so funny when Pastor Gail called me and asked me uh, to speak two weeks ago, and I had the message prepared. And then this week, 
I did not have the message prepared <laughs> because I had such a crazy and a busy week. But the thing that I find about, you know, messages and God's word and being able to preach. And you do know that you don't have to be in a pulpit to preach, right? You do know that you don't have to be on a stage to have a ministry, right? And so the thing that I find, it, it's much easier for us to be able to spread the gospel and to be able to preach and to be able to minister to others when it is lifestyle for us. And so I'm thankful for the opportunity to preach on this because I promise you I've literally been in a season of enduring for the last four to five years with some very specific things. And so I find that you're not enduring something until you're actually in process. You're not enduring something until you're actually in a process because when there's nothing that's going to change or nothing that's going to come from where you are or what you're doing, there's literally nothing to endure. And so endurance involves pain because at this point, like I just said, you're trying to decide if what you're after is worth what you're being required to bear. So I'm going to say it again. Endurance involves pain because at this point, because like I said, endurance shows up kind of in the middle of the road. So you've already given energy to something and now you're at the point of you're trying to figure out God's will, my will, which way do I go, which way do I turn. So now there's pain that's involved with the thing that you have to do because you're trying to decide if what you're after the reason that I'm enduring this thing, the reason that I'm deciding to wait on the Lord, the, the reason that I'm deciding to live for the Lord, is it really worth what I'm after? Is it really worth that end result? And so what I have found in my personal life is that endurance, and this is the message that I really want to get to us tonight, is that endurance has everything to do with your foundation. It has everything to do with where you have settled in your mind, mentally, what you've decided that you're going to do with your life, the decisions that you're going to make. Your endurance has everything to do with your foundation. And your foundation is a reflection of your abiding. So your endurance has everything to do with your foundation. Your foundation is a reflection of where you abide. And so we can sum it up in saying your endurance is a reflection of where you're abiding. It's a reflection of not just where you live, but also who and what lives in you. Because the Bible makes it very clear that we don't just abide in him, but he also abides in us. So when things come our way, he'll make you understand if something is uncomfortable with what's living in his house. If you've made this his house. And so I want to go to uh, the Bible now. Let's go to Matthew 7, 24 through 27. And this is Jesus talking here. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. And it says, therefore... Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. So the wise man built his house. He heard the word, he did the word, and he built his house on the rock. The floods came, beat upon it, but the house did not fall. In 26 it says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So we can see that it's the exact same flood, it's the exact same rain, it's the exact same beating. They're both the house. What's the difference? The foundation. And what the house was built on. And it tells us here that those who hear my sayings, those who hear my words, those who hear my commandment, which comes from where? The abiding place. Him abiding inside of you so he speaks to you from within. As much as we love to come and hear preaching and hear the word, and I absolutely love sitting under the word, but unless that message bears witness from within, it does not matter what's coming your way. It does not matter what's coming to you. And so as I'm reading this scripture and I'm studying this, in verse 40, uh, 24, where it says, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. This is the exact same rock that Jesus told Peter in Matthew 16 and 18 that he would build his house or he would build his church upon. So what was the rock? It was the revelation that Jesus Christ was the son of the living God. He's a living God. There is none of us who's alive that's not talking, that's not active, that's not moving, that's not trying to accomplish something in this earth. And Jesus Christ abiding in you is doing the exact same. He's speaking, he's talking, he's moving around, he's trying to accomplish something through you. And so in your endurance is based on if he's really in you, you being aware of it. Because his word, literally, he sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of us. We didn't have to ask for his presence. We didn't have to ask for his spirit. But what we have to ask for is an awareness of his abiding. A lot of times when I'm trying to figure out if something is God or not, if it's right or wrong, there's literally an impression on my heart because he's abiding in me. He's abiding in me. And he's uncomfortable when I allow things into our house. And so you have to look at yourself and look at your life as our house. This is not just your own, but it's our house. And so again, he built this church upon the rock, which was the revelation that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. And something that I have realized as I'm just growing and maturing in the word and just communing with different people is that a lot of us have accepted his salvation, but not his influence. 
Like, we'll call him Lord, but do you really understand what Lord means? Like, Lord is rulership. Lord is literally an influence. So a lot of us have come into salvation. We've come into the church, but we've stopped there because we don't allow him to influence our decisions, influence our thought life, influence the things that we do, and then we keep coming back to Lord, save me, when what he's saying is you come into the salvation, now make me Lord, where now I am the influence. We've come into the salvation, and we keep going back to save me, save me, save me. When he's saying, the moment you let me influence you, this salvation is going to be fully manifested. And now I can let you go and do what I'm trying to accomplish in this earth through you. A good teacher does not let up on you because you're in pain. But when you've completed the assignment to receive the reward, do you understand that your reward is actually more important to God than it is to you? Like you think that you're like, well, Lord, I want to make this happen. I want, I'm trying to make this thing happen. Your reward is more important to him than it actually is to you. But he knows who you need to be to receive the reward because, again, he wants to be an influencer once you get into the world and not a constant savior. He wants to be an influencer and not a constant sa- He saved us once. That cross work, that was the real deal. <laughs> we call it the finished work, but we keep going back as if it didn't accomplish everything that it set out to accomplish when he did it the first time. It's not that it didn't accomplish it. You just stopped at salvation and you haven't moved into influence. Let me lord your life. Let me influence your decisions. Ask me if the things that you want, the things that you're trying to do, does that make me comfortable? Can I continue to abide in you and in your life if you do that? If you say that, if you think that, if you entertain that relationship, am I still okay abiding? I didn't say I'm going to leave, but am I okay abiding if you do that? Because my promise is said that I'll never leave or forsake you. So I'm not going to go back on that. But am I comfortable? Can I move and accomplish the way that I want to accomplish if you do that? We give up early, but he won't. Let's go to Hebrews 12 and 2. Hebrews 12 and 2. And it says, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. I've heard this so many times, and this isn't even where I'm going, but I'm just, as I'm reading it, the author and the finisher of our faith. No book just has a beginning and an end. There's middle to that. And what do you think that middle is? It's his influence in your life to finish what he authored. The middle part is his influence, his lordship in your life to finish what he authored. But verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of 
God. I want to read this again, just from the middle. Who for the joy. So what he did was for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Endurance is about joy more than it is about pain, but you'll make it about pain when he's not abiding and a part of what you're having to endure. Endurance is more about joy. It said it right here, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So it's more about the joy than it is about the pain. And like I said, when we got started, endurance is a quality that grows us up into the fullness of what we already have in Christ. This isn't anything new. Like, you're not trying to figure this thing out. Like, have you guys allowed that to settle in your life as you're serving the Lord? You're not trying to figure this thing out. He's not even trying to figure this thing out. He's just waiting for you to allow him to be an influence. It's already been figured out. All of it. It's a character quality that is matured and abiding. It's matured in our remaining. Again, it grows us up into the fullness of we, what we already have in Christ. And so as I was reading, as I, as I was studying this, the Lord was basically saying to me that a lot of people get to a place in their life where they're frustrated and they feel like, because when we get to a certain age, I mean, even me, I'm just 31. So some people could be like, girl, you ain't even lived yet. But we get to a place, and I'm sure you guys can agree with me, that sometimes you'll kind of look and feel like I'm not where I should be, right? I feel like I should be so much further. I feel like I should be accomplishing so many things. And so what he said to me is to tell anybody who feels like there are certain places that you should be that you're not, it's probably because you stopped enduring somewhere. You probably stopped enduring somewhere where I was actually with you. I'm with you in the pain. The pain is secondary. The joy is what we focused on. The pain is going to be there because we already know the scripture where it talks about us in the fellowship of his suffering. The fellowship of his suffering. Because it's real easy for us to dance and shout and talk about the cross, but when you have to fellowship with the cross, when you have to fellowship with being nailed and being mocked and being spit on and being lied on and being cheated on and people choosing the murderer against you when you were completely honest, you were just trying to help them live better. You were trying to snatch them out of the fire because you loved them and you got nailed to a cross. That's fellowship of the suffering. So do you just want to gaze upon this suffering or do you want to fellowship with the suffering? That is endurance. So endurance, as I said before, is not seasonal, but the pain of endurance is seasonal. Endurance itself is a lasting quality, but the pain of endurance is seasonal. 
For those of you guys who have not seen, Tiesha released her um, story, her birthing story um, of having the baby. And she was just talking about how everything was, you know, going good. But it was at one point where she couldn't take it no more. And she's like, get this thing out. of It wasn't even my loving baby no more. It was get this thing, wherever it is, get it out of me. Because it got to a point to where the pain was unbearable. But now the joy that was set before her. So the pain is gone, but now she's enduring motherhood. Now she's going to have to endure the toddler stage and the teenage stage and having to teach and different things of that nature. So endurance is a lifetime, but the pain of it is where we have to make the decision if I'm going to remain because of what's in front of me is worth it. The power of the cross remains forever, but the sting was momentary. The nails in his hands, the nails in his feet, the piercings, the crown of thorns, I can't imagine. But that was temporary. But the power remains forever. So the pain that you experience Now I need you to see this thing as just a part of the fellowship. It's literally a part of the abiding. This isn't the place where now he's left me or he's not answering prayers or he forgot about me or he's over there at somebody else's house. This is a part of the fellowship because I want you to experience what I went through for you. He wants you to actually experience what he went through for you to show you how important you are, to show you how much you matter. I could have did this and you never had to feel pain. You never had to endure anything, but I need you to understand what I experienced for you, Micah. I need you to understand what I experienced for you, Chantel. I need you to understand what I experienced for you, Marissa, because what happens was is when the enemy comes and he tries to start lying to you and he tries to start making you think you don't matter, you're not supposed to be here on the earth because you've experienced pain and you understand what he's gone through, you say, no, 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 this is just a time of enduring. This is a time where I'm fellowshipping with the suffering because there's a joy that is set before me. I believe that people who commit suicide have never really come into the understanding of what he did for them. And that's why we go through pain because he needs you to understand you're not experiencing half of what he went through. And he did that just for you. We can go around and name each person in this room and he endured it for you equally. Hebrews 12.1, I'm just going to jump up one scripture. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the weight that is set before us. A lot of people have a hard time enduring because we're looking at other people's race. I'm going to read it again. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run 
with endurance. We're going to run with the pain. We're going to run with the abiding, the race that is set before us. So what this scripture is saying to me, that you have the endurance to run your race, but the only time that your endurance becomes unbearable is when you're looking at the next person's race. The time where the pain is something that you feel like you want to let down or you want to walk away from is when you're looking at somebody else's race. And this next scripture, y'all, I'm sorry, I'm a Bible junkie. I hope this ain't too many scriptures for y'all tonight. But real quick, Psalm 37 and 7, and it's going to go hand in hand with what I just read. It's Psalm 37, I'm sorry, Psalm 37 and 7. And it says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. So as I was reading this, the first part made sense. Don't fret because of him who prospers in his way, because you see other people accomplishing things, you see other people becoming successful, getting married, having children, businesses are growing. Don't fret because of that, I still got you. But the next part, it says because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. And I'm thinking, why in the world would I fret or be discouraged because of somebody doing wicked stuff? And God said, trust me, they do it. Because what we do with that is, God, they're not even living for you. They don't even serve you. They don't even give. They had sex all the way up until they married. I got to be four years celibate. Where he at? Because I, I, I said it, it makes sense. Pastor G talked about that when he talked about the jealousy, where you, you get uncomfortable sometimes when you see certain people accomplishing things, especially when you feel like you're going and you're, you're working and you're serving the Lord. But when it said, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass, when you're not set on your own race, you question everything. It's not just the good but even the bad. But when he is that abiding presence, the pain is all a part of it. And so I want to read the top part of seven because this right here is what changed my life. It says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. You cannot wait if you're not resting. You cannot wait if you're not resting because, again, you're going to be looking at everybody else's race and you're going to be questioning and you're going to be assuming things. You're going to be assuming that God is with them a little bit more. You're going to be assuming that God cares more. You're going to be assuming that even God may have forgotten about you. And so these three words here that says and wait patiently. These are actually two words in the Hebrew, and these words are cool kill. Now, I need y'all to hear this. This is the end wait patiently for him. These words mean to dance, to writhe in pain, to bring forth, to wait, to form, to grieve, to hope, to rest. To shake, to shape in. I'm going to read them again. 
to dance, to twirl in pain, to bring forth, to wait, to form, to grieve, to hope, to rest, to shake, to shape in. I said, God, this sounds like contradiction. He said, no, this is cohesiveness because the pain and the joy are one. So in your waiting patiently, you're dancing with the Lord, but you're also twirling in pain. In your waiting patiently, you hoping, but you're also grieving. In your waiting patiently, you are believing God for all types of stuff, but you also have to wait. You got to celebrate your neighbor. You got to celebrate your family. You got to preach his gospel while you still waiting on all things to come together. He said, there's no contradiction in my word. It's cohesiveness because endurance and pain and joy work as one. For the joy set before me, I endured this pain. This is my second from last. Y'all, that changed my whole life. Because now I'm like, let's just wait. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I got to make sure I ain't waiting. Because there is a time. Okay? Y'all got, okay? Everybody got me. Okay? All right, Jay. I told him, I said, I just celebrated four years. I said, God, we're not trying to go to six. I gave him one more good one, Pastor G. Can you pray? All right, let's go to, I know he hears your prayers. Let's go to James 1 and 2. When you're waiting patiently, oh my God, uh, do y'all understand what's happening when you're waiting patiently. I had a young lady who she's single. She is about 27 years old and she told me she's tired of waiting. She's a virgin and she's like, I've been waiting my entire life and she's all this frustrated. And then I said, you know what's going on with you? I said, you've been waiting, but you haven't been waiting patiently. So you're, you've got all this pain and all this frustration, but where's your hope? Are you allowing God to shape you? Are you allowing him to reveal things to you? It's a cohesive work as you wait patiently. James 1 and 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy. These two words, it all, this word is pass, P-A-S, and it means whole. So where it says count it all, those two words, it all means whole. And where it says when you fall into various trials, trials or temptations, this word is parasmus, and it means putting to proof, putting to proof. So your endurance level is actually proving ground. Let me explain it again. So count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So the words it all mean whole. And trials there or temptations, as some of your words may say, or some of your Bibles may say, actually means putting to proof. So we could read James 1 and 2. My brethren, count the whole thing joy when you fall into various proving grounds. Count the whole thing, the shaking, the grief, 
the hope, the pain, the dancing, the wake, count the whole thing joy when you fall into situations where you got to believe what you have not seen yet, where you got to actually preach while you're sitting and waiting, while you have to trust that people are going to keep coming on Saturdays, but you're believing God to move you to a Sunday where you're expecting a baby because you did everything right in your singleness and yet you lose the first one you give birth to. Count the whole thing joy. And what I found with a lot of us is that we like to count our trials and have various joys. Where the scripture says to count your joy because the trials are going to vary. The trials are going to change. But the joy, the thing that is set before you is going to come to pass because I said so. Because this is my word over your life. Because this is me abiding on the inside of you. So even when you're unsure, I'm as sure as they come and I'm what get you back on the path. Count the whole thing. Joy. And waiting on God can be a whole temptation in itself. And so this is my last scripture. And I'm going to show you guys Jesus' proving ground. And we know the scripture, the story very well. But I just want to share with you what the Lord showed me as I was studying this. Luke 22:42. So this is Jesus' proving ground. Luke 22 and 42. And it says, and he withdrew. I'm sorry, let's do 41 to 42. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. That's the pain now. That's, that's the middle point. The middle, he's already put a lot of energy into this thing. He know he knew that he came to earth to die with all the ministering, all the healing, all, all of that. That isn't even why he came. That's just what God had him on an assignment to do while he was here. He came to die and he knew that. So if it is your will, take this cup away from me. He knew it wasn't God's will. But he had to count the whole thing because now the pain is intensifying. And then it says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So his man side spoke, but then his God side spoke. And as a model to us, that your man's side will speak, but you better believe that your God's side 
is going to speak to. And you enduring is a matter of which side are you going to settle on? Which side are you going to allow to be your foundation? Are you going to allow for it to be the joy that is set before you? Or are you going to settle on the pain that you are experiencing? Because people love to throw up, oh, we're just human. Yeah, we're just human. I refuse to just accept that because your emotions should always be a trigger and not a leader. And a lot of us, because we are human, we want to leave God at God and then we want to allow us to just be us. Yes, I'm frustrated but what does God say at this moment? Yes, this thing is hurting my feelings. Yes, this sucks that I have to wait but what does the God side say? And that's what's going to be my foundation. That's what's going to allow me to endure. Don't run from your emotions but they should be a trigger to show you where you're abiding. Because your God side is going to speak. But that's where the influence comes in. A human alone says he saved me. But a human who understands that I'm also a God in this world says he influences me. And while I'm frustrated, I'm going to endure. While I still have to keep hoping after four to five years of waiting, I'm still going to endure. And so I can picture that when he said, Father, if this is your will, take this cup away from me. Like I can see him on his knees. And at that moment, I can just sense that God was just like, the joy. Tiffany. Gail. Shawnee. Candy. Treasure. And he said, nevertheless. God reminded him in his human moment of the joy that was set before you. Before we were even thought of, before we were even formed in our mother's womb, God reminded him of you in his human moment. And he allowed his God side to be what he settled on. The God side is what strengthens us to endure. And so as I close, there's two very specific things that the Lord wanted me to share with you all tonight. And that is that some of us are actually enduring the unnecessary and that God is saying to go. Some of us are so fearful. Some of us are literally afraid to move. Some of us, the Lord um, allowed me to release a word to two of my friends who are men of faith. And to encourage them that to pick up secular things, meaning the things in this world, you know, maybe business, even relationships, you won't lose your faith. Holy Spirit is literally the energy that we need in this world. And sometimes we're afraid to come out of this secret place or the faith or believing, feeling like we're going to get ahead of God. But he's saying, my faith is what's moving you. My Holy Spirit is the strength that will be with you and that will be for you. If you never move, you're not allowing me to manifest through you. 
I don't meet you in the secret place to remain a secret. I meet you in the secret place to work out what I want to be public. I meet you in the secret place to give and to do with you what I want the world to see. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. There is nothing about what God has done or wants to do for you that needs to be hidden. His faith will go before you. His strength will be with you to endure. Some of us, it's time to move. It's 2020, y'all. You know enough. You have enough. You've heard enough. He is enough. It's time for you to move. And the last thing that he said is that pain is not associated with mediocrity. And to encourage you that you're doing better than you actually think. You're doing better than you actually think. Remember I told you the enduring, the, that, that pain point, that's middle of the road. You've literally come way first. You've literally come to the place that Jesus was when he said, Lord, if it's your will, take this cup from me. So tonight you get to make the decision. Are you going to give him the cup or are you going to say, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. You've endured enough pain. Now it's time for you to go and be a city that's set on a hill that can't be hidden, that can't be turned backward. It's time for you to endure because the joy that is set before you is so much greater than everything that you've experienced. It's so much better than everything that you're going through right now. It's not in vain. You're doing better than you think. You've been it. God just wants you to see the pain differently. He wants you to see how cohesive waiting on him is. Because even in the go, even in the reward, you're going to be waiting on something else. So if I can get you to understand your foundation is me abiding in you and you abiding in me. You're going to have to endure again. You're going to have to wait again. But as long as I'm abiding in you and you abiding in me, you're going to be in this pain, but baby, we're going to dance. You're going to be in this pain, but you're going to be able to hope. You're going to be shaken up, but you're going to be able to believe again. You're going to be a city that's not afraid to be set on a hill. You've been it. You've been it. Shalitha, you've been it. You have to believe it. What you've done is cohesive with what he's doing. He's working it together. You have to believe it. You got to stop beating yourself up. You got to stop beating yourself up. He did enough beating. He's ready to abide. There's been enough beating going on. Let him abide. 
because there's a joy that's set before you. And he said, don't you dare, because of all the things that you've done, don't you dare let your dream lessen. Don't lessen the dream and feel like, oh, because I'm this age now and I got the grandkids and what's going on with my kids. Well, God, maybe we can just do this. No, he said, we're going to do all of this. He said, we're going to do all of this. I'm going to pass this on to Pastor G, but I just want to pray. Father, I thank you for what you have done, for the work that you did on the cross. God, even before getting to the cross, thank you for what you modeled to us in your man form and your God form. And tonight, as some of us sit literally with the cup in our hands, Father, I pray that you would help us to see that everything is working together for our good, that you just want us to count the whole thing joy. The shaking, the beating, the waiting, the wrestling, the frustrations, the insecurities, the lack of submission, the lack of all the, the doubt, everything. You just want us to count all of it joy because there's a joy that is set before us that we can only get to through the fellowship of our suffering with you. And so tonight I thank you for this word hitting the parts of us that we need to surrender up to you tonight. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.